Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country, with a pedal to the metal, with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us. How would you like to live, truly live without fear? How would you like more courage, more bravery, more peace? In this powerful yet simple message, I share, I share the secret, the secret, that if you only knew a lot of years ago, if I had only realized this a long time ago, how different my life would have been. But so far, it isn't too late. 60 minutes that can truly make a difference in your lifetime. So tell your friends to listen in. It's today. It's right now. If you were here, you'd be having food, really good food, and you're not here, so you're probably hungry or eating bad stuff. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solve, I can't solve world hunger, but I can solve the you hunger. So if you come here 5 o'clock on Sundays, our Kehala, you will be fed and you will enjoy. Uh, all the best to our Philly friends that weren't able to make it. We miss you guys, uh, and we're praying for you. Thank you, uh, everybody that's here. I say this to the radio audience every week, but I should say it to you uh, on air. I sure appreciate you coming. I love you being here. You guys mean the world to me. No doubt about it. Our is unlike any other. We need to keep my good friend Chris Kahalen in prayer. Uh, Chris is fighting fight against pancreatic cancer, and his numbers are improving pretty awesome. And uh, we believe that they are improving his medical team. He has a team. Uh, his medical team believes that he is improving enough where maybe by December we can, uh, we can go get some surgery uh, and get him back to normal which I don't know if Chris has ever been normal. God bless him, but uh, we're pulling for you. Uh, by the way, go to my Facebook page, just the Sean Greener, Sean Michael Greener Facebook page, and um, there is a post on there about a fundraiser that is being held for Chris and his family, and you can learn there how you can help out. Uh, think about it this way, and, and I'm, I'm intimately familiar with his plight in that he is a small business uh, and, and not only does he own the small business, he is the small business. He owns a painting company. And you know who is the painter in the painting company? He is. And he can't do that for the next long while. And so nobody's rushing to, uh, from the government to give him money. Uh, so we need to help him out. We know what that's like. When I was in my crash, it was sudden and dramatic. So... Let's not, him, let's not let them suffer that fear. So the radio audience, if you would help them, that would be awesome. Um, let's pray that also specifically that Chris can eat enough and get his strength up so and, you know, he, 
it's hard to eat with what he's got going on. But we pray that he finds a bee food or the foods that he likes enough to force down his gullet and can help him help him strengthen up and put a little meat on his bones. And we pray that God will protect his family in this very fear-inducing situation. It's a very scary thing. Let's also continue to pray for our brother who is overseas. Uh, he has the American flag on his shoulder, which means he's carrying us on his back. And especially with Veterans Day coming up, I'll have more to say about that in, in a little bit. But we pray for safety for him and his brothers and sisters there. And we also pray for his family here anxiously awaiting his return in several months. It's a, it's a hard thing. We also pray for his daughter who is suffering right now. She has some stuff going on, and we just pray that God will heal her body and let her get back to doing what she loves to do. Veterans Day is November 11th. That's this week. Let me tell you, we owe a great debt to our veterans, and we need to properly not only recognize our veterans, but also to serve them and to keep our promises to them, to all of them. You know, I find it interesting today uh, that today, today, is the very first happy anniversary to those of you out there of anniversaries. I know forgetting some people, but I know somebody has an anniversary out there and somebody has a birthday, so happy birthday, happy anniversary. Uh, you know, I'm just covering the bases here, but just want you to know. Um, you're going to. Uh, but uh, today was the first day, November 8th, 2015, in the history of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, that they had a Veterans Day parade. How tragic that is. First time ever. Tomorrow's radio show, uh, which is at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this same channel, the same Bat Channel here. If I was the Batman pastor, it would be Bat Channel, right? Same Bat Channel. I don't know what Ninja pastor channels what the same ninja channel, I don't know. I gotta think of some hook for that. And I need a costume. Or a uniform. No, no costume. Not for radio. Mom already said I have a face for radio. So tomorrow's radio show at four PM Eastern Standard Time, uh the collision of faith and politics. That's gonna be a very different radio show for America and around the world. And it's gonna be a very different show for me. And pl- please consider joining me and in the meantime tell your friends. Last week, we broke a record, 514,912 listeners. Isn't that amazing? That's unbelievable. Little old, little old north, northeast, you know, little bitty old microphone and big old Internet. So uh, people listening from all over the world. We had some people listening um, from, oh, man, it just jumped out of my head. Uh, they got hit by a typhoon, or not a typhoon, but a uh, tsunami. I can't think of it. Malaysia, yes. I had people listening from Malaysia last time, which was awesome. Really, really awesome. So tell your friends you can be part of something cool. Uh, while I'm thinking of it, uh, if you are into what we do, theninjapastor.com, there's a donate button or box or some kind of donate thing on there. It's all super safe. The web lady assures me that um, it's designed that way from the ground up. And I never see it. Uh, I never see your Bank card number, I don't see any of that stuff. Uh, it's all done through a PayPal system, which is really, really a, a sound system. So if you believe in what we do and you want to invest in that, we'd love to have you do that. I really appreciate it. Um, the other thing, too, is subscribe. If you're if you're listening to us through the main portal of Blog Talk Radio, 
facebook.com backslash the ninja pastor it's very important that you do follow or subscribe i always forget which one it is but it's very very important that you do that if you're one of our internet listeners um sometimes people will download the show we had 109 i think 109 down where people download the show and then they share it from their dropbox which is cool uh potentially that's 109,000 more listeners we don't even know we have but uh you know, if that's the best way for your friends and your family to listen, or maybe some a neighbor or something, uh, then by all means, download the show and send it to them. So we really appreciate you joining us and appreciate you telling all your friends. So this ends a series we're doing on fear. Oh, by the way, special prayers go out to Gloria, uh, one of ours. She is sick. She's got a cold, and she's she's so cute. She's 80. What is she, 80? She's 82 years old, and she sent me text messages this afternoon letting me know she wasn't going to be here and that she misses everybody. And and it's so funny because she, uh, I said, you know, we're really sorry. We love you and we miss you. And then she uh, kind of narrated her cough, cough, sniff, sniff, uh, you know, type of thing. Really, really funny. She just always cracks me up, and we do love her. We hope she gets feeling better soon. But in doing a series on fear, uh, the last Monday's show, as I said, was the number one most listened to show that we've ever we've ever done. And I want to say, um, I have to think, I just wasn't sure right up until showtime what God was going to give me to say. Uh, and it was kind of this way today. Um, I don't know what time it was when I finally kind of sat down at my keyboard and started writing stuff out, but... Um, to think that last Monday's show, which, by the way, is available for free download, um, I have to think that last Monday's show was so popular and it hit such a chord in so many people um, because America and the world needs to hear about what God is, who God is. Uh, W, capital W, what, capital W, who. And I think that a lot of people miss out on, on you know, it's it's like this, um, a, no offense to Disney fans, but it's like the Disney Disney church now. You know, people go to church trying to find what they can get. But the amazing thing is, is if you go with open mind and open heart and open soul and open arms, God will fill you. God will fill you in every aspect. So you don't have to go looking around, what can I get, what can I get, what can I get? God will handle that. God will absolutely handle it. By the way, thank you for joining us in chat. It's good to have you. have got a great listener in there. Uh, always has a lot of great input on our uh, Monday show. So I, I have to think that Monday's show was that way, uh, was so well received because there's an emptiness in the world. And why might there be an emptiness in the world? Well, I think that uh, fears. And uh, originally, I when I started this series, I said I was going to cover about four points and we're down to kind of the last two points, and I think it's important that we hit those. And then next week, I have no idea what I'm going to start next week, but it's going to be trouble probably with a capital T. What are the potential? What are the potential sources of fears in the world? Now I say potential, and I emphasize that because we don't necessarily, because it's a potential fear, we don't have to be afraid of it. Even though, quite honestly, we can all justifiably say. That you know what there there's a lot to fear in this world. There's a lot to be afraid of. There's a lot going on. Well, what are some of those things? ISIS. 
Folks, ISIS is drowning people. ISIS is raping and murdering people by the thousands every week. Do you know that? All around the world. ISIS is committing knife attacks. There's a thing I shared on Facebook today. A woman in a burqa comes up. She's engaging the guy, normally, uh, Israeli uh, guard. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's just talking to her, and he's a little distracted. He's got his phone there, and she sees an opportunity. She whips out a, a dagger and tries to stab him to death. And fortunately, he caught her, and, you know, Israeli defense forces are pretty awesome, and they handled their business. Um, look, that's he's just going to work. He's just trying to do his thing, go to work, do his thing. That's a potential source of fear. Folks are driving over people in Israel. My good friend, uh, I won't say her name, but my really good friend is coming back from Israel. Uh, she's in her 80s, lost her husband. They, Within hours, flew his, his mortal remains to Israel where he was buried, as was his wish. And she, they have a home there. And But she's coming back for a little bit to handle some business. Then she's going to fly back over. But she said, Sean, that one attack where the car drove over all those people and then the person got out, and started stabbing everybody until he was shot. Um, that I was behind that. I was several cars behind that, about 100, 150 yards behind it. And she said, "This is going on all over Israel." And there's a moral dilemma. What do we do? You know, if we see someone's going to carry out an attack, you know, because of such worldwide scrutiny, do we? Can we kill this person? What do we do? Uh, because, you know, every every little thing that Israel does, even though they're defending themselves, they just want to live in peace. They, they're they berated by the world, unfortunately, by the president of the United States, the current president of the United States, and, and men, many on the loony liberal left. So ISIS is something that we should be concerned about. Some would say fear. I'm not afraid of them. I mentioned that, I think, last week, the week before. I'm not afraid of them. You know, bring it on. Moulin Labé. I... I uh, I'm just not afraid of them. I'm always prepared. Corrupt government. You know, we need to fear a corrupt government. Um, Our government is inarguably corrupt. Not everybody in it. Here's my plug for Ted Cruz. You can say what you want to say, but Ted Cruz has been steady and steadfast the entire time. Can't throw rocks at Ted Cruz. Uh, He's the smartest guy in every room. Although he's so humble, he doesn't believe he's the smartest guy in every room, thinks he has something to learn from everybody. He's also the toughest guy in every room. I would want no one else to negotiate on our behalf than Ted Cruz. I would want no one else to deal with world leaders bent on killing us than Ted Cruz. Remember when uh, Jimmy Carter was president in our 444 days, thank you to my buddy Bob uh, for reminding me, 444 days, our hostages were in Iran, and the day President Reagan took office, those hostages were released. Why? Because President Reagan put in a call to Iran and says, I will bomb you into glass. I will bomb you a thousand years into the... And I won't blink an eye. We're armed. We're ready. We're going to do it. You either release our people now, or you experience a a hellfire that you will never, ever, ever be able to, your country will never rebuild. And we don't care what the world says. I don't care what the world says. I will do it. Imagine if we had a president like that. I think Ted Cruz is the guy. But 
corrupt government, folks. A corrupt government, a government that allows things, not only allows things, but brings about things that, quite frankly, are, are egregious and illegal and unconstitutional. We had Chris Ann Hall here several months ago, and Chris Ann, you know, what a fearless patriot, what a tireless patriot she is traveling all over the country, all over the world, fighting for freedom, trying to tell the story of freedom, trying to tell the truth of freedom. How about crime and violence in your community? How many of your communities, you've seen a decline in your community? You look around your community and you say to yourself, man, it never used to be like this. Used to be you had to worry about the little picayune things in your community. Now you've got to worry about that 14, 15, 16-year-old boy that lives a couple doors down robbing you. You've got to worry about that kid who's on drugs. You've got to worry about that kid who now sells drugs right down the street. You've got to worry about those things. Or maybe you need to prepare for those things. But that's a source of worry. How about financial loss? Man, all across America, if you were to believe the numbers that the Hussein Obama administration comes out with, you would think that we're in the period of greatest prosperity ever in the history of this country. If you were to believe it. I forwarded an, a, uh, an email. I received a letter from Barack Hussein Obama. You know, I subscribe. I'm in that whole Democrat thing. And uh, I'm fortunate to receive all of his little mailings. And I forwarded it on Facebook. And you should read it word for word. And then click on the links and see what they're really all about. It'll surprise you. But financial loss. I know of many, many people who are no longer in their home. They wish they could be in their home. They love their home. But they can't be because they can no longer afford their home. And that's sad and that's tragic. Some of those folks will be the first to tell you I overextended myself. I didn't get a bad or a predatory loan. I overextended myself. Some would, would tell you, look, I went into business and I leveraged my home. I put my mortar and bricks where my mouth is because I believed in me and I believed the United States economy and I believed in what I was doing and I knew I was doing the right thing. And then the government, through Operation Choke Point, which is a, um, an illegal thing, took away all of his funding. And so everything fell back to him, and in a matter of months, the business fell apart. An otherwise secure business. That's corruption in government, but it's financial loss. How about job challenges? How many people do you know that used to do one job, but now still have that job, but have to do another job and part of another person's job? People are streamlining. Companies are streamlining. Companies aren't putting up with the crap that they used to put up with. You don't want to go to work? You want to skip work? You want to miss a lot of days in a month? In a week, you want to whine and complain, you want to bring your personal problems to work, guess what? You don't need to work here because we have a line of 100 people outside waiting to come work. Oh, you don't want to work for 8.95 or 9.25 an hour? Guess what? We've got lots of people willing to work for 8.25 out that door. Our list is long. Job loss, job challenges. Everybody's feeling the stress. Everybody's at work. Your manager, if you work for a manager... Your manager's feeling stress. He's feeling stress from home. He's feeling stress from ISIS. He's feeling stress from a corrupt government. He's feeling all, he or she are, they're feeling all those things. And you know what they say about rolling downhill. It's going to all roll downhill, and that's going to hit you, and that's going to increase your stress. How about the collapse of civilization? Not to be all uh, hyperbole here, but have you looked at Greece lately? Have you looked at Italy? at France? Have you looked at Germany? Germany once was the, the, the cornerstone of a financially secure EU. 
Not anymore. Germany now is being overrun by tens of thousands of ISIS members cloaked as refugees. And what's happening? They're ruining everywhere they go. How about France? You know, France for many years wanted to be socialist, utopian. We are uh, above thinkers. We think above. We, uh, we're open. We're open-minded. Come, Islam, come. We welcome you. And now France has had to burn the, or ban the burqa. And now they've said, hey, if you're going to get an ID, guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to take your burqa off. You're going to have to have a picture of what you look like. Massive protests, massive crime. 64% of all crime in France is Muslim-oriented. 64%. 80% of all violent crime, Muslim-oriented. When will we learn? We won't. And that's part of what drives us crazy. That's part of what drives us to fear in this country is because we live knowing that our government is not out there protecting us. Isn't it interesting? We, we've elected a government that is corrupt and refuses to protect us. The one job that it's been given, the one job institutionally it's been given, it hasn't been tasked with giving out condoms, it hasn't been tasked with protecting the American uh, people from religion, none of that. Hasn't been tasked with that at all. But yet that's what it does. That's what it focuses on. It has not been tasked with making gay marriage legal. But that's what it does. All the while, we make agreements with Iran to give them nuclear power and billions and billions of dollars when we know what they're going to do with us. Have you looked at Venezuela? How many of you have been seeing Venezuela in the news? Do you know why you won't see it on the news? The answer there is you've not seen Venezuela in the news. It's in utter chaos. Super high inflation rate. They're They're on pace to catch up to Zimbabwe's inflation rate because money means nothing there. Crime is out of control. Mexico City, Mexico is still the number one place in the world to be kidnapped. Number two, you'll be shocked to know. Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. Number two place in the world to be kidnapped. Did you know that? Venezuela is number three. How about Brazil? Brazil, with all of its resources. You know, Brazil is, for all intents and purposes, could very well be a utopia. But what happened? Corrupt government. And a sheepish, quiet, afraid to stand up to them and say, no, we won't stand for this. This will not stand. We won't allow it. And so the corrupt government is wrecking an otherwise amazing country, Portugal. Portugal is penniless, but for the loans that they receive on a monthly basis, they would be shut down. Before we get too full of ourselves, let's not be too full of ourselves, because you know the lottery, people go buy lottery tickets and they hope for the best in the United States. Did you know that in Illinois, if you buy a lottery ticket for anything more than $600, a winning of $600, guess what's going to happen? not going to get your money. You're going to have to wait to get your money until they have it, because they don't have it. Yet they're still selling tickets. You know what that is, folks? 
That's selling a car you don't own. That's selling a home you don't own. It's a crime. And the state of Illinois is committing it. How about the United States? We just talked about Illinois. We're $18 trillion in debt, and we're accumulating now because of recent legislation at an unrestricted and unrestrained rate. Folks, we were unsustainable before, unsustainable before, but now there's nothing stopping utter and complete collapse. You ever hear the term, spend our way out of debt? Have you ever heard that? It's ridiculous. The comedian Tim Allen, last man standing, you know, he was, he was uh, Tim the Tool Man. Oh, he's a great guy, uh, very libertarian guy. He, he is living in communist California. And, of course, we watch his show and die laughing every week. He's absolutely hilarious. And that is who he is. Um, he is unabashed, unafraid, and he has people coming against him like you wouldn't believe. But that show is written by an all-liberal leftist staff. Amazingly. But Tim is getting it done. Tim talks about that. The lunacy of that saying, spend your way out of debt. But we're doing it. We have nothing restraining us. The few people that we have, people talk about Obamacare. Um, I have a friend in Texas who's, uh, you know them as well, through our think tank, um, whose premium, his Obamacare, he had to go on Obamacare, his premium quadrupled. Quadrupled. Remember all that talk about if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor? Guess what? His doctor no longer participates in Obamacare. Now he has to drive 35 more miles to get to his doctor. The only person that stood up to that, truly stood up to that, is Senator Ted Cruz. He stood on the floor of Congress and he talked for 21 hours hoping somebody would catch on. Somebody would get the nerve. But the remains of the feckless and fear-filled corrupt government was silent. In fact, some of them turned against him and said, he's grandstanding. You know what you grandstand? You grandstand when you have to stand alone. Everything the man said, everything Sarah Palin said about Obamacare, 100% true. Worse even. I also talked about at the beginning of this series, how about, by the way, you can get this whole series for free on iTunes. It's uploaded on iTunes. I don't know when it hits iTunes, but if you look for Dr. Sean Greener on iTunes, they're free. Also, theninjapastor.com, I think it's usually the next day or the day after. Um, they're there. They're free. It's an automatic thing. Also on blogtalkradio.com backslash theninjapastor, they're all free. So if, you, if you're just joining us for this one, please feel free. It's free, capital F-R-E-E. But on that, I, I, in the beginning I said, I'm going to talk to you about the potential sources of fears in eternity. And then I followed it up with wherever you are prepared to spend eternity. I'll talk about more about this in, the, in a minute. I gave some verses on Monday, and I'm fully aware that the 30-some thousand listeners we have on Sunday aren't necessarily able to listen on Mondays, and the Monday group is not necessarily able to listen on Sundays. So I'm going to give some of these our repeats, but I think it's worth hearing. Mark 6.50 Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Deuteronomy, going back into the Old Testament, 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you 
nor forsake you. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, Isaiah 41, 13 and 14. Do you understand what this is saying to you? Do you, do you really grasp what's, what's being said here, what's being offered to you? The gift that literally is right in front of your eyes, right within your grasp. We'll go back to the first verse that I cited. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Do you understand that the moment we turn our eyes upon Jesus and we look full on his wonderful face, the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace? Do you understand that that is a juxtaposition it's it's a it's a conflict complete of all of what the world tells you because it's simple because this happened turn your eyes to me take courage it is i don't be afraid seems so pedantic seems so simple and yet it is be strong and courageous, the next passage in Deuteronomy 31.6 says. Be strong and courageous. How many of them among us have ever had a moment in your life where you were strong and you were courageous, and at the end you were like, I did that like a boss? Whatever it was, whatever the thing was, you handled like a boss. You were strong and you were courageous, and it felt good. I've had those moments in my life where I faced down terrible, terrible foes. And thank God, by the hand of God, I prevailed. That's a lot more fun to feel strong and courageous than to feel weak and fear-filled. But then he says very clearly, do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Whoever the them is doesn't matter. The them is whoever else is challenging your peace today. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I love this passage in Isaiah 41. For I am the Lord your God. Not your personal God. Not one of the gods who you happen to claim. But I am the Lord your God. The one almighty King. The Holy Father. The Creator of all things is your God. And he takes hold of your right hand. Do you understand what that means in Hebrew culture? To take hold of your right hand. Your right hand is what you eat with. It's what you sustain. It's what you take life upon you. Generally speaking, there weren't very many lefties uh, back in the day, so your sword was wielded in your right hand. It's your position of strength. And he says, as he takes your right hand, and he says, do not fear, I will help you. Then he follows that up by repeating in a different way, do not be afraid, for I myself 
will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Do you understand what that's saying? I myself, I'm not sending an underling. I'm not sending an angel. I'm not sending a representative. I'm sending me. The commander of all armies in all the world, in the kingdom of heaven and on earth, he suits up in his battle gear. He stops everything else he's doing. And he comes and he lays a help upon you that supersedes any trial or trouble or sorrow or fear we could ever imagine. Amen? God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1. Do you understand? God is our refuge and strength. You know, sometimes you've got to take refuge when... Combat training, you learn that you don't just run at the enemy. Remember the, the, the old movies that show the English and the, uh, the British and the, uh, and, and the Americans, the colonists, in a line going toward each other? And, and then when did we start to win? When we realized, hey, these Native Americans, these, these Indians, they, they got it right. They're doing it from cover. That's kind of smart. We should do that. And everything changed when we used actual strategy. But sometimes you have to take refuge, right? If you're in that first line, back then it took you a while. It took you about 11 to 30 seconds to reload your musket. Unless there was a, an assistant there to hand you an already loaded musket, guess what? You were getting shot at and not being able to shoot back. That's not good. So you have to take sometimes a place of refuge. You know when I take refuge is when I'm so tired I can't fight. And I know, hey, you know what? I've got to take some refuge here. I've got to rest. When I've got so much stress coming on me, I've got to retreat a little bit and find my refuge, my sanctuary, my place of quiet and calm. People say, my life is too stressful. I can't find that place. Change it. Don't give up. Don't quit. Change it. You control that. But God is our refuge and our strength, ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46, 1, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. Psalm 118, 6 and 7. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. That's Proverbs 29, 25. Do you understand? We don't need to fear man. Why? Because that's going to be a snare. That's going to hang us up. That's going to check us up. That's going to jack us up. We're not going to be able to do what we need to do if we're afraid of man. People say, you're ridiculous for being afraid for not being afraid of ISIS. You need to have a healthy fear of ISIS, a healthy respect of ISIS. I have no respect for ISIS. I know exactly what they do to me first chance they got. But I got a newsflash for you. It would be a bloody orange jumpsuit, and they'd have to drag my lifeless body there because I'm going down fighting. Ain't no way in this world they're putting zip ties on my hands and having me kneel down where they cut my head off. I'm taking some flesh with me to the bitter end. That's just all there is to it. I'm not going to have fear of man. I don't fear this government. I refuse to fear our corrupt government. And I'm told I'm to trust in the Lord and that I'll be kept safe. 
Remember what Yeshua Hamashiach did. Yeshua did. He got up. This is talked about in Mark 4, 39 40. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down. It was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Do you understand that the Son of Man, the Son of Man, spoke to the earth and the earth changed? People tell me, well, Don't pray for good weather. Because you you know dude, that's just silly praying for good weather. Don't don't pray uh, for your crops to grow because that's you just that's just silly. Pray for other stuff, but don't trouble God with that weather stuff. Don't tr- trouble. Why wouldn't I pray to the one that creates the weather? Why why wouldn't I pray to the one that holds out his hand and tells the waves to be still in the dark and instantly it was completely calm not partway calm not some calm a little less ripply the waves got smaller no it was completely calm one minute they all thought they were going to die and then the master spoke the master spoke to the waves and the waves immediately fell under the command of the one who created the waves why Do you live in fear? Because that is the Lord we serve. Mark 4, 4, 39-40. Psalm 34, 7. Don't tell me the Old Testament doesn't have something to say. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. You say, wait a second, that's a conundrum. That's, That's contradictory, Dr. Sean. Didn't you, Pastor? That don't make any sense. Hold up. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers you know why we're not to fear man? There's only one we're to fear. And fear, as it is expressed here in Hebrew, is respect and awe and know that he is God. But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. That's First Peter 3.14. You need to understand, folks, I want to be clear here. I want to be clear here. It does not mean that we won't be in situations where we suffer. I have a list of friends. I'm, I'm the, I say this all the time, and I mean it all the time. I am the luckiest man in the world. I'm so blessed and so fortunate to have the friends that I have. And some of those friends are gold star families, gold star moms, dads, gold star sisters, brothers, gold stars, hu- husbands, wives. Their service member, their loved one, went and gave of themselves fullest measure of devotion. And they died on the battlefield. Those people are suffering. But isn't it something how those people, each one of their children, their spouses, their parents that died, it is amazing to me, every single one placed their faith in Christ and served Him and knew When they went to the battlefield, I am in his care. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. I think that's kind of clear. 1 Peter 3.14. And then Psalm 34.4. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. I prayed. Remember I talk all the time about if then. There's the if. If you pray, he will answer you. 
He freed me from all my fears. You know why we're afraid? It's because you ever, what do, what do little toddlers do when they're afraid of the dark? They call out to mommy or daddy. Come hold my hand. Come sit with me. Tell me a story. Tell me a story. Read me a story. Just come be with me. Can you just lay down here with me for a minute? I'll be all right. The correlation of that is when we talk to our Father, capital F, and we say, I'm afraid, and then He fears us. He frees us from our fears. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God Himself will fight for you. Deuteronomy 3.22 Do you understand that sometimes when we don't have the power to fight, we got no fight left in us, but we have faith left, but we don't have fight. How many have been in that place? You've got a lot of faith left but you don't have any fight left. You're tired. You know, a lot of service people have been in combat and they've run out of ammunition. Our folks in Benghazi, you know why those folks died? They didn't, they didn't die because they lacked the ability. Four people lacked the ability to defeat a force of hundreds of terrorists. Not over a movie or an internet video. A planned attack on, I don't know, what day was it? September 11th? In Libya, 100% Muslim country? Two Navy SEALs and the other two, they died. They died because we didn't send them help. They didn't die because they couldn't win. They died because they ran out of ammunition. They ran out of the means to fight. Sometimes we're out of ammo. And we need God to fight for us. You need to understand in Revelation 1.17, he puts it this way, Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Folks, there's nobody's coming after Christ. There's nobody coming after Yeshua HaMashiach, just the Christ. There's nobody coming after him. Why? Because he was here, fully present, at the beginning of all this, And he's going to be here for all eternity. That is God whom you can trust. Mark 5.36 seems so childish, but isn't this the way Yeshua does? Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Now there's a lot of prosperity pulpit pimps out there. They're going to tell you, believe for that new car in the garage. Believe for that new computer. Believe for that new job. Believe for this and that. Sometimes that new thing in the garage, sometimes that new job, sometimes that new this or that isn't what God wants you to have. And simply believing for it is fairy tale. But believe in the one who can provide. I'm going to talk more about the part that we're supposed to do in a minute. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. That's Romans 8, 38 and 39. Folks, you might want to write these down. If you're along, you're not driving. I don't want to be driving, trying to write stuff down. Blame me when you bump up your car. Dr. Sean, he should replace my car because he told me to write stuff down, and I was driving. It's radio. I can't see what you're doing. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exult over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. 
He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Zephaniah 3.17 You know how the Lord your God is in your midst as this verse speaks? A victorious warrior. He will exult over you with joy. You know how that happens? You have to invite him. He won't force his way in. He's a gentleman. He will not force his way in to your life. He will not force his way in to the American public school system. He will not force his way in to the American workplace. He has to be invited. Isn't it something, all these school shootings? Go ahead and just for fun, do you an Internet search and search right about the time we kicked God out of the schools. What started happening? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. Fullness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday, a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me. And I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. This is from Psalm 91, 1 through 16. Folks, you need to understand there is a very important part here. A very important part here. None of that other really good stuff happens unless you do this. I'll start it again, and I'll stop when it comes to our part. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. That's our part. We have got to place our trust in the Lord. We, we have got to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. We've got to go where He is. We've got to go into Scripture. We've got to go into prayer. We can't go into our daily workplace or into our crazy world that we live in, the corrupt government and all these other things. We can't go into any of these other things and say, well, where is God? You know what? People go into churches today all across America without the Scripture in their hand. Look, I don't care if you use a... a uh, electronic Bible. I don't care. I use one. I have a whole collection of Bibles at home. Sometimes it's awesome to open those Bibles and spread them all over my table while I'm studying. I could do it much faster, much easier with this little device in my hand. I've got hundreds of Bibles right here in all kinds of languages, all kinds of translations. Sometimes it just feels good to have the Holy Word of God, the Scripture, the spoken Word of the Lord to man in my hand. Folks say, I'm in church and I don't feel protected. I don't feel loved. I don't feel as though I can rest. Why? Because you've got to go to where the shelter of the Most High is. And where is that? In His will and in His Word. People say, I don't feel safe and secure. Why? Because you're quiet. 
before God. You don't pray. And just when you should be quiet before God, you're jabbering. You're playing all kinds of interruptions to your connection with God. All kinds of worldly distractions. Shut your television off. Cancel your cable bill. Cancel your XM Sirius satellite bill. But when I get on there, don't cancel because I'm going to need your support. But I'm just saying, we have so many distractions. How about cut your radio off? That's what we say in Sussex County, Delaware. Cut your radio off on the way home from work. How about cut your radio off on the way to the grocery? Thank God before you grab the things and put them to feed your body. Thank God. Thank you, Father. I know I'm going to where there's provision for me today. And you provided it for me. Praise God, the living King. He feeds me. He clothes me. Shut all the distractions off. Don't sit and listen to a bunch of jabber on television, no matter even if it is Fox News or or whatever it is. Don't even... Look, if you haven't spent time with God, don't spend time with man. You can't get to the shelter of the Most High by being in a place where there's nothing but noise. Let's say you work at a workplace and you get 40 minutes for lunch, 30, 40 minutes for lunch. And it's crazy business in the lunchroom. You know what you do? You go sit in your car and you find shelter in your car in the shelter of the Most High, in the shadow of the Almighty. He will not do all of those things He says He will do unless you trust Him. You can say, I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe that what he, I believe all that stuff that it says that He did. I believe all of it. But there's one step more than just believing, and that is trusting Him. Acknowledging His name. Folks, if you are afraid to acknowledge yourself as a follower of God, if you do not know me before man, I will not know you before the Father. Remember that verse I read about being persecuted, about facing trials. If you're not facing any persecution or trials, I've got a newsflash for you. Maybe nobody knows you're a Christian. Folks, conquering fear, it's not always easy. It's It often comes down to a choice, choosing not to allow fear and anxiety to control your life, choosing to guard your heart, choosing to focus your mind on what is truth in the midst of uncertain times. We might still feel afraid. still happen. You're going to feel... Listen, we're not impervious to fear. That's because we're human. But we can believe that God is with us. We may not be in control, but we can trust the one who is in control. We may not know the future, but we can know the God, the God who controls the future. Be assured, He is with you, whatever you face. In the turmoil and struggles, amidst the anxious thoughts and worries of life, He is there, strengthening, helping, and holding you by the hand. God is greater than anything you face. He gives us the power to live courageously, boldly, and fearlessly in this life, Folks say, well, when I go to heaven, it's all going to be good. 
Don't matter if I live fearfully now. No, no, no. He says, I'm going to protect you in this life, right where you are. You go to work until he comes. Fearlessly, courageously, and boldly. When many things that surround us tell us we should live and be otherwise, that we should be afraid and fear-filled, no, he says, trust me, live in my shelter, and be bold and be courageous. His truth whispers strong and sure to the deepest core of our spirit, do not fear. One of the things I said I would answer in the remaining minutes, what is the medical, physiological impact and effect of faith on the human body, the brain, and the mental outlook of a human being experiencing and living faith with a capital F? You can live without fear. You can be fearless. You can lead a peaceful life in spite of your surroundings. And when you are peaceful, you're able to do something about those surroundings. You can face whatever challenges that come your way. You remember that list I read off earlier? Let me read it again in case you forgot. Islam running unabated across Europe. ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Iran with nuclear capability, our corrupt government, cancer, and other health crises. Crime, violence in your community, financial loss, job challenges, loss of your freedom. How about a collapse of civilization? Don't think it can happen. Think again. Greece, Italy, France, Germany. How about Venezuela and Brazil? How about the United States, 18 trillion and climbing, accumulating now, accumulating now at an unrestricted rate? All that stuff on your mind. Give it to God again and again, moment by moment. Don't let a moment pass where you're not handing him your burden. All the while, lifting your hand of praise. That's what you, when we lift our hands of praise, you say, here we go, Father. I praise you and I give to you all that I struggle with today. I'm through being fear-filled. I'm through being a sheep. I'm through being defeated. I know I'm going to face trials, but I'm not facing them without the one who controls the future. I know in whom I believe, and I know that he's able to deliver me. That's exactly right. You don't have to huddle in fear in spite of all those truly fear-inspiring real circumstances. I read some scary stuff there. There's a whole list more. You, if you embrace the truth of Scripture, you can be strong. You can be brave. You can be courageous. You can be peaceful. You can be hopeful. Even if you already face a deadly illness, you can be assured that no matter the outcome, God will heal you in his holy presence for all eternity. Look, at any moment, I could collapse in front of you. Those of you who know me in my personal situation, you know that I could, that could happen right tonight. I hope I don't. But you know what? I'm a ticking time bomb. And no matter what, no matter what anyone tries, no matter what, I've been to specialists all over this country, no matter what anyone tries, my blood pressure is refusing to be under control. But you know what? I'm not fearful of it. I do need to reduce the sources of stress in my life. I'm now in a four-day-a-week medically supervised physical therapy program, and despite scaring the doctors to death that I'm going to die right there in front of them, I lost 11 pounds between last Sunday and today. I'm eating healthfully. I'm eating the right amounts of things. That's my part to do for my health. No one, including God, will do that for me. But you know what? While I'm trying to get healthy and save my own life, 
I can be fearless and at peace. How about the potential sources of fear as I close? Eternity. In eternity, those potential sources of fear in eternity, wherever you're prepared to spend eternity, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Can you tell me why the most important decision of your whole life, you have not made that decision? You've not answered that question. People are listening all over the world as to gather with us. And if you're asking yourself, what decision is he talking about? I'm talking about that shelter of the Most High. Because before you can take shelter in him, you have to accept and acknowledge him. You have to say, I know that you are the creator of all things, that you, you sent your son Yeshua to come to earth, live 33 perfect, sinless years, and be tortured and murdered in public, and yet three days as prophesied. Three days passed in a borrowed tomb. He didn't buy tomb. He didn't need one. He wasn't going to be there long. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. You need to place your faith. Stop procrastinating. The ticking time bomb that is my heart inside my chest could stop at any moment. So could yours. How many people do you know on the way home from work? Dead. Truck pulls out in front of them. How about a car? crosses 48 feet in a huge concrete median at 92 miles per hour and hits you head on. That can happen to anyone, folks. You need to understand, you do not have a limitless, timeless offer. You need to answer the question of where you're going to spend eternity. I'm here to tell you, once you make that decision for Christ and follow him, you should replace those fearful thoughts with his words of truth. Accept Christ and follow Him and sleep in peace tonight. Not one more day of fear. You know why you don't need to live in fear? Because God knows what concerns you. And He's got you covered so that you can finally, once and for all, live in peace. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight. <laughs>